Hi, Chris Valentin here. Welcome to my podcast, where I hope to inspire you to transform the world within you and transform the world around you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Are you hungry to advance your prophetic calling and step into your unique prophetic destiny? It's time to break the silence, stand boldly in dark places, and resound the truth across the nations. Join us at the School of the Prophets, a transformative four-and-a-half-day intensive training school. You will gain understanding in your prophetic calling, refine your gifting, and grow in confidence to spearhead cultural change. Register for this year's School of Prophets, August 7th through the 11th, in person or online at Bethel.com forward slash events. God bless. Hi, I'm Chris Valentin. Welcome to Cultural Catalyst, where we teach you how to live fully alive, co-labor with God, and change history. And today you have me, actually, yes, you do. Ellie Valentin, <laughs> who is actually my granddaughter in law. Very good. Hey, I did it. I know, it's quite a mouthful. It isn't is. It? She's going to interview me. And, you know, we're, l- let me say this we're, we're heading towards the School of the Prophets. So mm-hmm. our entire team is we don't have a very big team. And so whenever we're doing something like School of Prophets, it takes all of our energy. So we're kind of in this mode right now where we're thinking about prophecy, we're thinking about training and equipping prophets. We have hundreds of them coming from all over the world. And so we we love to actually, whatever theme that we're kind of in as a people, we like to bring that to you. So the team thought it'd be best if we did some of these uh, thematic interviews, and you've, you've seen a couple of them, and now the team's like, we should interview you. So that's what we're doing. I'm, Ella, so, you get, I'm gonna take it away. How, I, how'd I do? Is that, was, that okay? That was excellent. You said set it up. That's the best. You I know how really to set, set it up. up. I'm okay. gonna take it now. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm really excited to talk with you today. I feel like we've interviewed lots of prophets yes, and prophetesses have. on your podcast, but we get to hear from you today. So that's super fun. Um, we're gonna talk about stepping into your prophetic call. And um, I just had this memory when I was thinking of what I wanted to ask you today. I had this memory pop in my mind of when I first moved here and I came to BSSM. And I remember you came in to teach one day. You, you know, you teach several times throughout the, yeah. the week. And you mentioned, you're like, I just woke up from a nap and I just had this dream and I'm going to share it with you. And I remember thinking, oh, okay, like that's what prophets do. Like they have <laughs> dreams that are worth paying for. That's, that's why yeah, we dreams have Dreams worth them. paying for. Yeah, exactly. Paid to be in the class, exactly. and it's like, oh, this is what I paid for. <laughs> it was excellent, but truthfully, I didn't really know much before I came to school. Beyond, mm. like, I was familiar with prophetic, but not the difference between a prophet and the gift of prophecy. Yeah. So it was obviously we learn a lot about that while they we're in school. They pay me to sleep. Yeah, they pay you to sleep. That's what I thought. I thought, <laughs> Dream okay, dreams. prophets have dreams. Great. Okay, but no, in seriousness, I want to hear a little bit today about. First of all, you stepping into your prophetic call. Like, mm-hmm. how did you even know that you were called to be a prophet? Did you have inklings before you had any sort of encounter that maybe you were wired differently? What did that process look like for you? Well, I was, you know, raised in the Jesus movement, so we always had crazy prophetic people. I, I don't even know if we called them prophetic. They were just like, you know, they're like <laughs> these wild-eyed people, like like mystics. <laughs> Jesus talked to me, and the, you know, and, you know, and. You know, the Jesus movement was so beautiful. I'm so glad that I got to be a part of it, you know, and I, I've yeah. shared with you guys, all the younger team, like, uh, it was it was a beautiful time of these hippies getting saved, and that was yeah. so much of the part of the of the movement. But uh but no, I you know, we, we didn't we didn't practice prophecy. It was, you know, in those days it was just kinda like whoever was kinda crazy enough to stand up and say, The Lord says to you mm. and 
they talk in first person, you know, it's always sound a little bit like, you know, Orson Welles or somebody like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to Weaverville, I was 24 years old. And I, so I had been in Save So six years by then. And then we met Bill Johnson, who was really, you know, he, he's a fifth generation pastor on one side of family and fourth on the other. Mm. So, and all of them were Pentecostal or charismatic leaders yeah. before him. So he had deep roots in the prophetic ministry and, yeah. and immediately started to talk to us about, you know, what does it look like? What's what's prophecy? What's prophets? And we always had, from the first year that Bill came to our little town of Weaverville, yeah. who, which was, uh, our church was called Calvary Chapel at first. Mm-hmm. We, the very first year, Bill brought in two prophets and they, they modeled you know, modern day prophecy, you mm-hmm. know, New Testament prophecy. Yeah. Dick Mills and Dick Joyce. And Dick Mills would come once a year and Dick Joyce would come twice a year. And we were always really excited when they came. And, and um, you know, consequently, what's kind of interesting is I would have them, Kathy and I would have those two prophets over our house for dinner one night every time they'd come. Wow. And uh, that was you know, so not, you know, so we, we sort of built a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, one night I had an encounter and I've told this story, oh gosh, hundreds of times at least in the bathtub where the Lord just walked into the room and he, and I, I, I it's the only time I've ever had like an open vision of the Lord. Mm-hmm. I've had four or five open visions my entire life. And he spoke to me for like a half an hour. He just stood and spoke to me. So uh, it was very... Yeah, I, yeah, I was young. I just come out of a nervous breakdown, hmm. and he just spoke to me like a father, and he said to me, "I have called you to be a prophet to the nations." Hmm. And you know, so I had some exposure to prophets by then because yeah. of Dick Mills and Dick Joyce. Never thought of myself as one. I was going to ask you. And and also by then we had we wouldn't call them prophetic teams, but we did some prophetic ministry, like okay. modeled after Dick Mills and Dick Joyce, yeah. right? And to be honest, on, in our small church, I, I was the most prophetic guy in our church, mm-hmm. as far as like I, I'd say the team would definitely they would they would definitely yield to me, mm-hmm. and I led like not officially led, but like would there be six of us and we'd put someone in a chair mm-hmm. and we'd minister to them and I would be the person who started it Yeah, and people would follow me. So like there was nothing official about it, but people were like, oh, Chris is gonna go first. And, yeah. Um, but the Lord said to me, I've called you to be a prophet to the nations. And then he said to me, you're gonna speak to kings and prime ministers and mayors and governors and uh, presidents and you know, like these governmental leaders, which, you know, I, like literally if you knew me, I have no interest in government. To this day, I actually have no interest in government. Wow. I, I never, I, the only government class I ever took was the government class required. I, yeah. I, I barely passed. Yeah. Um, and then um, it was, but it was a, it was a profound experience. Yeah. And then when he, uh, when the Lord, uh, the way the vision went, he turned around to like walk out of the room. Yeah. And then he stopped and he turned back to me he kind of whipped himself around and he and he looked me in the eyes and he's and I in his eyes I could see the world like the earth Whoa. in his eyes and he said to me history will tell us if you believe me Ooh, that's crazy and then he just disappeared like that just disappeared were you like you I was know, jaw to the floor just I never heard of anyone having a vision like that really and so 
the truth is, and I don't even know why now when I look back, but mm. I didn't tell Kathy for a year. Really? I told nobody. I did, I, you know, well, first of all, let me say this. I, I just come out of a nervous breakdown. Okay. So you're like, am I crazy maybe a little? No, <laughs> no, I knew that I wasn't, uh-huh. but I thought that because of my three year history, uh-huh. that maybe someone would, maybe my wife would think oh, he's going crazy. Oh, you weren't sure if people would yeah. trust. And then also I didn't want people to go, oh, that's not the Lord because it was mm. so precious to me. Right. So I didn't want people to go, oh, that's not the Lord because you're crazy. Yeah. And I didn't want people to go, well, that's not the Lord because who you would, who would ever send you to a president? Right. Yep. And so I was like, I was really, really cautious of, of it. I mean, I tell Kathy everything. I'm an, you know me, I'm an yeah. external processor. Yeah. So even looking back, I'm like, that was kind of, that was kind of wholly well, amazing that yeah. I didn't walk out of that meeting. Hello, world. <laughs> and say to Kathy, I have to tell you what just happened to me. It almost it almost shows how much you uh, revered that. Like, yeah, there was I've never like had a, anything like that happen yeah, before. Yeah, you were like, what do I even do with this? But you knew it was incredibly important and holy. I did. Yeah. And then, you know, I anticipated... You know, if you have an experience like that, yeah. you you experience, you know, like for me at least, I'm like, oh, the president's going to call me. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think Reagan was president at the time, if I remember. Well, the president's going to call me. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I didn't mean arrogantly. I just meant, oh, the president's going to call me. I don't faith. know what's going to happen. But yeah. He's going to call me. And and nothing happened for, I think, I, I think I actually did a chronology on it the other, this is probably a year ago, but I think around 20 years, nothing happened. That is mind blowing. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's so many people's story, right? It, I think that's it is. actually what is really inspiring about your story too, because I think there's a lot of prophets that can identify with this part of the story, yeah. right? Where they've maybe had an encounter, or they've maybe had someone acknowledge them or recognize them as a prophet. Yeah, but they're not seeing the fruit of that. They're just in this process, which can feel like this waiting room, right? I'm just waiting exactly. for something to happen. I'm waiting for Reagan to give me a call on the yeah. phone. And you almost could begin con- to feel confused or like, did I get it right? Discouraged. Or, yeah. Like what? It, like a roller coaster of emotions. Not only did I not get a call from somebody, mm-hmm. but after a profound encounter like that, nothing changed. Yeah. Like no one acknowledged me as a prophet. Yep. I, my prophetic ministry didn't. I mean, I already, I said, I was mm-hmm. probably the, the most... Pro- prophetic person on our team yeah but i mean it didn't go like crazy right mm-hmm. i didn't start getting like people's phone numbers and <laughs> y- you know something that would say oh that encounter changed your prophetic gift yeah it, it probably did but it was over a period of many years it didn't years. happen immediately yeah did you see your prophetic calling play out in other ways, right? Because you were working like, you know, quote unquote, a very normal job. Yeah. You were a dad, you were a husband. Did you see your prophetic calling kind of being uh, matured in those years? Or yes. were you kind of like, well, I'm just going to live my life and wait to see? Like when you look back yeah, on it. Yeah, but remember, I was with crazy people. <laughs> what do you mean uh, by that? <laughs> well, we were all really spiritual. Okay. And I, I look back, you know, I, I hear Katy Perry and some of these folks, uh, you hmm. know, say, I was raised in this crazy Christian home. We couldn't, we didn't have Santa Claus and we didn't, but yes. well, that was us. Yeah. Like we didn't do Santa Claus. We didn't do the Easter Bunny. We uh-huh. didn't, we didn't, we, we, Santa, we celebrated Christmas, but not Santa Claus. Right. And, you know, we, we didn't celebrate Halloween. Like, 
not because we were religious, to mm-hmm. be honest, but because we were like, we didn't want anything to hurt our relationship with Jesus. So pure. So I was with people who were radicals, and we were an hour from culture, from society, right? We mm-hmm. were in the mountains yeah, you were in with, uh, with other people who came there mm-hmm. to seek the Lord. And it was yeah. almost like living in a commune or, 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 or uh, you know, with, really a monastery. Tight. Yeah. You know, so I, I was I was having experiences, but other people were having experiences. Mm-hmm. So if you're the only person having experience, you're like, well, I'm anointed, you know, and nobody <laughs> else is. But other people were having experiences too, yeah. you know. And so, um, so you know, I didn't understand. I didn't understand what was happening to me. Yeah. And uh, but you know things would happen like for example one, a, a friend of mine was, was sheriff and uh, we're sitting in church one day and th- this would be common to me like this would not be an incident like this would be something that became very frequent yeah and uh, we're worshiping and out of the blue I hear really clearly not audible voice go to the sheriff's house now he's going to kill himself That's so wild and so I lean over to Kathy and go I got to go I'll be right back what. My wife was like used to this craziness, right? Because mm-hmm. we were all in it together. And so I just get in my car and I rush up to his house, which he lives only like four minutes from the from the uh, from the theater, which we're using on mm-hmm. Sunday mornings as yeah, church. Sure. He just lives right up the hill. So I go up the hill, I knock on the door, he doesn't answer, and I'm like, hmm, what do I do? And, and I just like, I should go in. Gosh, this would be an emergency if it's true, right? Wow. I open the door, I yell for him, he doesn't answer. I, I search the house. The family's all gone. I run in the bedroom. He's got his gun to his head. Oh, my goodness. And I say, put that gun down. The Lord told me to, that you're, you have a purpose for your life. The enemy's trying to take you out. Wow. And, you know, so those kind of things. And, but, but remember, I'm not thinking like, these are amazing because I'm with a whole bunch of other crazy people. Yeah, they're doing the same thing. You're doing the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, now I look back and I'm like, wow, those were really profound times. Yeah. Uh, that, that happened to me at least three times when I saved people's life. Yeah. That were committing suicide. That's wild. But it was, it, it, it just was what it was. It was yeah. like we were living in it and... You know, now, you know, obviously now I'm looking back and I'm like, wow, those were really crazy times. Yeah. You say often too, right? You say the process is necessary to stay in the palace. Yeah. And so you see those key moments when you're looking back, or at least what I'm hearing is you're looking back and you're like, oh, these moments actually produce faith in me, right? When you're like, oh, I've received this prophetic word or I've had this encounter with the Lord and I'm not seeing it come to fruition. Well, it actually is just building trust in your, or building faith in your life is what I'm hearing. And then actually stepping out in those things and actually activating that. I mean, that's profound. That's yeah. really profound. Not a lot of people have that story. And in common things, you're like, I'm just sitting in church and the police officer yeah. is about to kill himself. And yeah. you see a variety of stories. I'm like, that is that is profound. Yeah, but but when you're in it, it doesn't feel like No, way. you're just yeah. living life. And if you're the only one, then, you know, and everyone's like going, wow, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. But it's like you're in a community that is having these kind of encounters, right? Yeah. And that's, what I, that's how I was raised that's in the cool. Lord, you know, yeah. in my early 20s and uh, and definitely into, all the way into my 40s, my early 40s. Mm-hmm. So when you began to step into this call, right? When you began mm-hmm. to, when you were acknowledged mm-hmm. as a prophet and the doors began to open to speak to world leaders, we'll get to that in a moment. But did you did you feel like, oh, I've arrived. This is the call. This is what I've been made for. Or was that even still a process? 
Well, right? you're saying there it was felt a normal. there was a tipping point for me. Mm-hmm. What was uh, that? Well, we got invited, so we came to Bethel. And, you know, that's another long story. But yeah, we we left our businesses. We came to Bethel through a whole bunch of prophetic words. By the way, that's why we went mm-hmm. and uh, sold our businesses. We get to Bethel, and so the first Sunday morning that we were officially at Bethel. So we had been a few Sunday mornings, but the first Sunday morning we were officially there. Kathy and I. Uh huh. Bill called us up on the platform to introduce us to the body. Right. Yep. And he inter- he introduced me as a prophet to the body of Christ. Well, I had been by that time with Bill for twenty years. <laughs> I'd never heard. Now he says that he called me a prophet before that because he's heard me say this what I'm about right, to say. Right, right, right. But I don't ever remember that, and I think I would have remembered that totally. Uh, the the chronology of it. Yeah, definitely. He called me a prophet after, that. but he he said this is Christian Kathy Valentin. They're starting our school ministry. Chris is a prophet. Mm. I was with him for 20 years in Weaverville. And I was like, I'm a prophet. Well, what happened was, is immediately, so the staff, none of the staff knew me. Like the only human I had a relationship with on that staff was Bill Johnson. Yeah. So there's staff of, let's say, 30, 40 people. That would include like the janitors and everybody, yeah. right? <laughs> and so I that week, I, I they give me an office. And, you know, I've never worked in an office or yeah. anything. Like, I, I don't even know what to do. Like, I, I didn't. Yeah, I, I'm a business guy. Mm-hmm. You know, we're business people. Kathy and I are business people. Right. So I'm in my office and I'm like, okay, what do you, you know, I, I, I know to build a school. I know mm-hmm. I'm teaching in school, mm-hmm. school ministry. But um what do i do like i don't know do i counsel people what do i do i don't even know and the very first i'll say probably a couple weeks staff are walking into my office standing in my doorway and confessing their sins spontaneously just out of nowhere out of nowhere it's like like, is this what i signed up for (laughs) i have no idea what they're doing yeah i mean it's super awkward interesting and I go home the first time. I still remember. I said, Kathy's like, how'd it go? And I'm like, well, it's it good. Well, she's working. She's working there, too. She's in another part of the yes. building. She's like, how, how'd it go today? I'm like, well, I had three people stand in my doorway today and confess their sins to me. Mm. She's like, what did you, What? why? Did you, are you calling them out? I'm like, no, no. Yeah. I'm not doing anything. There's, I don't even know who they are. Like, I don't even know who these people are. They're, I don't even know their names. Hmm. Did they, they, that was their previous experience with the prophetic? The prophets. They yeah. thought the prophets were going to expose them. Mm. So they came in, hey, I had an affair four years ago, but I told my wife. Wow. Hey, I, I'm, I'm stuck in pornography, but I, I repented in my office today and, it, and I'm walking. Wow. And I'm like, okay. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, oh, okay, well, the Lord forgives you. You know, yeah. I, do you need to see a counselor? <laughs> I remember our, our, our gal up front um, that, um, what do you call it, people who greet, uh, receptionists. Receptionist? Yeah, we have one person, her name is Lynn. And uh, she's, she comes in and says, hey, can I make an appointment with, to see you? Mm. And, you know, and I, I just barely have a, you know, I'd like a two-hour secretary, you know, a day, yeah. you know. It's like, yeah. I don't have any staff. <laughs> nobody wants to see me. I don't even know why I need staff, you know. Everyone's scared of me. Yeah, so so basically, I'm mostly making my own appointments. And so she comes in, and she's like, hey, can I talk to you later today? And I'm like, uh, you know, when, when you get a break? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll see you at three. And she turns around to walk out, and I go, hey, I don't know what this means, but you're not supposed to go to Asia. And... Um, and she looks at me and she goes, well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. I, I, I have an opportunity to go to Asia. Wow. 
and so she walks out and she's like he told me everything i <laughs> he read my mail <laughs> did it do it on purpose you know so it was like that yeah. that's how it was the first two years were oh i have to tell this story tell us okay so like i've been on staff one week mm-hmm. I, i'm really not exaggerating I'm I, I'm really emphasizing. Like I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> right? You had no school of the profits. <laughs> no, no, not even in profits. Like I don't know what my job description. Oh, okay, is, yeah. Right. I don't. I come to work and I'm like, okay, we work on school ministry, which hadn't, won't start for nine months. Okay. And then what do I do all day? Like I don't know what to There's do no all day. Direction. So I sit and read my Bible. I literally do I don't know. Right. Never been to a school ministry. <laughs> I don't know. You had been a mechanic, a business owner before. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> that's it. You know, and so. So I'm literally like, well, I got a lot of time on my hands because <laughs> nobody knows me and nobody trusts me. And uh-huh. so anyway, so the, so the very uh, so the first Sunday I get introduced as a prophet. The second Sunday we we meet before church mm-hmm. and we uh, pray for the service, right? Mm-hmm. And there's like 20 of us, mm-hmm. the, all the pastors and the, the spiritual leaders. Yeah, and so we're praying. It's very. Like I can know how to do this, and 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 the Lord gives me a word for Bill. Hmm. So I've been with Bill twenty years. So I lean over Bill and I say, I say, hey, when this is over, can I have a couple minutes? I have this word for you. Yeah. He said, no, give it, give it now. And I'm like, no, no, I, I want to. It's a specific word. I want to give it to you privately. He goes, oh no, I want you to give it in front of the people, in front of the team. Wow. Well, I want to give a word in front of the team. I don't. They don't. So I said, okay, well. The word is that the Lord's going to, we built, had this idea to build a prayer chapel and they had already drawn the plans. They already cleared the ground. Mm-hmm. It was $287,000 was the contract. And they didn't, we didn't have money to make our payroll checks. So, th- so there was a lot of, I wasn't getting payroll for the first year, but mm-hmm. so the guys were holding their checks. So it was a little bit of a problem, you know, that we were totally. building anything. And uh, so anyway, so I said, the Lord says that he's going to raise all the money in a Sunday, this Sunday morning in one service. Wow. Well, I mean, that would have been, you know, like two months worth of offering for us. Yeah. So Bill's like, so I give the word and then I'm terrified. I'm like, what have I just done? Because so the service starts. And at the time we had two services. They weren't full, but we had two. No, we just had one service. So we're in the, we're in the, we had just gone from two services to one service when I got there. And. So, you know, and I realized what had happened right after I gave that specific word. Yeah. And I'm terrified. So I get on my stomach and I crawl underneath the chairs. <laughs> to hide. <laughs> to hide. And I'm laying there through the whole worship session. Oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, God, 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 I will never do this again. Please forgive me. And then, and then you know, I'm under there for the entire worship. And then I'm under there for Bill's entire preaching. And he, he just he's preaching, he just shared the vision of the of the prayer chapel Mm -hmm. and he said we're gonna take an offering for it right now Mm -hmm. and he had people come up and put the money on the on the stairs Uh uh-huh and uh so they're putting money and i can hear people passing me you know i'm i got my face i'm face down but i can hear people passing and and then uh and then the offering's over and then bill's up there and he said well i think we should count it while we wait wow and he calls five people up to count, and he goes, "Chris, you you should come help count." You're all crawling. I out am from underneath sweaty. My chair. underwear are sweat wet, <laughs> yeah, like literally. 
<laughs> and we get up there and we count it and I'll, you know I'll, I'll i'll save you the drama but it takes you know 25 minutes to count this yeah. offering checks and oh the gosh. the cfo's up there and he's got a calculator and oh we're man. handing them you know groups of money like here's 500 here's a thousand he's putting in there Crazy. and we get all done he pushed that button it was 287,035 cents that is wild and the staff our staff they're like, he is a prophet. Yeah. And from that day on, mm. I was like, in their eyes, mm. it was like the Lord, it wasn't about raising money. It was about the Lord wow. putting his favor on yeah. me with the team. And I was one week there. That's wild. Yeah. That is crazy. Like the Lord knows how to create, a, you know, the Lord he knows how strategic. to put a Goliath in your life that you kill that everybody goes who is that boy well yeah then they gain respect for you exactly that and that's what happened powerful yeah so you were acknowledged as a prophet yeah but then you began to step in front of world leaders and mm -hmm. what did that process look like i i don't think i even know how the door first opened for you in that world well nothing happened the first year uh -huh. at all nothing changed nothing happened with world with leaders or anything or any still any acknowledgement that the yeah. world you know i'm supposed to and then this lady comes up to me and she said, I saw you in the White House. Like, this is year two. I've been there about a year. Yeah. I saw you in the White House. I mean, just some random lady. Yeah. I saw you in the White House. I feel like, you know, the president's going to call you. Wow. Well, within about a very short period of time, like months, mm -hmm. I got that word over five times. Yeah. Randomly. That's crazy. But just by, just by like people walking up to me. And I'm like, and nobody knew that I had that encounter, not even Bill. Wow. So uh, Bill got an invitation to meet with the president of the smallest country in the, in the world on an island called Tarawa. Hmm. And he goes, you're supposed to do this, not me. It oh, took three days to get there. The plane only flew in once a week. You, if you missed the plane, you were there for another week. Oh my gosh. And, uh, and, I, it took, and then I get there and the president is sick. Wow. And remember, if if I have to stay there one day Boy. longer than I'm supposed to, I have to stay there another A week. Whole week. And they don't speak English. Mm -hmm. They're nocturnal. What? They're nocturnal. They sleep during a day. Oh my gosh, I've not heard their story. Yeah, they sleep during a day, and they and they they're up all night because of the you know the, it's like the uh, sun because of oh, the, the heat. Oh, Okay. They don't have air conditioning. Yeah. There's no phone. There's no Wi-Fi. There's no television. There's nothing to do, and I brought one book. <laughs> and I'm sitting in the Peace Corps office Wow! for six days wow. waiting to see the president. I was supposed to meet with him on day two, and he's sick. Oh, wow. Three hours before my plane takes off, he gets well. That was my first encounter with, with any governmental leader. What was that interaction and he like? And he was trained at Cambridge. He spoke English. He was trained in okay. England. Spoke English. And I sat with him, you know, and I was obviously nervous you know yeah what was the what was the goal in meeting him had he just he'd asked for a meeting with me just asked yeah asked for a meeting with he with Bill. tracy evans oh, knew him okay she worked for the peace corps mm -hmm. and she's like you need to meet my spiritual fathers okay because he had become a brand new believer okay and so um so i sat with him and really crazy thing is i had all this information which it didn't make any sense to me yeah and I said, uh, here's information I have. I don't know what it means to you. And he, he didn't make any, he didn't say anything about the word I gave him. Mm -hmm. And I, and I said, I know you were sick. And can I pray for you? And he's like, sure. I prayed for him. 
And I didn't know for three or four weeks later that he got healed when I prayed for him. Wow. All his symptoms were completely gone. Mm. That everything I said to him was exactly as, like he knew who these different people were. He understood with the, you know, I, I, there was a Judas on his team. I described to it what it looked like, but wow. he showed no expression. Just stoic. But three weeks later, I heard back. He'd love to meet with you again. He, oh, wow. You're like, okay, I guess I am called to speak to world leaders. That was my very first. That is wild. I ever spoke to was this, you know, if the Lord says you're going to speak to presidents, and isn't it ironic that you speak to the president of the smallest wow. country in the world? <laughs> Good training ground, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and it takes you, you know, it takes you a week to uh, three days to get there, and, and there's no air conditioning. No air conditioning. You're sweating like a dog. <laughs> you sick when you get there. <laughs> like, okay, God. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. like no glamour. There's no. no glamour to the trip whatsoever. Yeah, that's that is amazing. Um, so, in sort of wrapping this up, mm -hmm. I'm I'm curious. You've been talking a lot about the prophetic and prophets beyond the pulpit. Mm -hmm. You know, seeping yeah. outside the four walls of the church. Which obviously, you hopped in a plane and you traveled to the smallest country. You've been outside of the four walls totally. of the church many times throughout the years since that story yeah. took place. I'm curious if there's some lessons that you learned in in being in front of world leaders as a young prophet that you would give to another young prophet in this day and age well it was the lord was really gracious to me and when mm. we started school ministry he you know i, we, I was getting these little was having these little encounters like two minute encounters mm -hmm. in the building process mm. and he said to me i want you to train and equip with deployment in mind mm. train and equip with deployment in mind because remember all my prophetic ministry was trained for the church yep we train and equip for the church. As a matter of fact, yes. in the early days, before we prophesied, we spoke in tongues. Mm -hmm. So if I was gonna, if I was going to give you a word, I'd be like, "Shit about about this, mm -hmm. shit." And the Lord says to you, "Like, I, I, I didn't. I, no one taught me. No, that's what was modeled. Yeah, it was just the culture. It was all that was ever modeled. Yeah, I, I never saw it modeled any differently. Mm -hmm. So, but the Lord said to me, "I want you to train and equip with deployment in mind." Mm -hmm. And he asked me, have I told you, if I called you to change the world or to change the church, transform the church? Hmm. I'm like, well, both. He said, well, then you need protocols for both. Hmm. Train and equip with the deployment mind. That's really good. So, you know, what, uh, what we did in the early days is we stripped away all the religiosity, mm -hmm. the religious culture. And I'm not speaking about religion as good or bad, just right. as a just, culture. Uh -huh. I felt to strip all the religious culture away. Hmm. Like, get away from, and the Lord says, mm -hmm. get away from the shouting, get away from the shaking, get mm -hmm. away from the, you know, the, the speaking in tongues first. Yeah. Like, just strip it down so that it will work anywhere. Mm -hmm. But keep, the, you know, go after the anointing, go after the presence, yeah. go after the power. So good. But, uh, and go after the character. Yeah. But strip away all of the frill. Yeah. Because you can add the frill later. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, if the protocol is shake and fall down, <laughs> and that's what the Holy Spirit's doing in the room, uh -huh. probably that's the word will probably get delivered that way. Right, right. But if you're standing, you know, with, uh, you know, a, a, an actor from Hollywood, mm -hmm. you know, you, you can leave it stripped down and just, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't need a bunch of frill, Flowery. right? Yeah. And so I think that it's important to understand that there are protocols. And, right. 
you know, again, you hear stories of people doing the craziest stuff in the completely wrong protocol and people getting changed. That's great. I understand right, that. Totally. And people great. say, well, I would, you know, whatever the Holy Spirit tells me to do, I'll do it. It's like, okay, you will definitely have some great, um, you know, you'll, you'll have some great wins there. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're going to have some great testimonies there. Totally. But if you will listen to the protocols mm-hmm. of the culture, mm-hmm. You will have more wins, yeah, and they will be just as profound as your. I shook, I fell down. Right. Holy Spirit told me to do it this way, and you know we still have those behind the scenes, right, right. Um, but we, so I think, I think being honoring, I, I think, mm-hmm. uh, I think, I think protocols are honor and action. Yeah, I was gonna say it, it would be honoring for you to step into someone else's culture, yeah, and not kick it to the side, but to embrace it. Yeah. And bring what you have to the surface as well. Language matters. Right. Language matters a lot. Well, and to be able to have respect, if, if they're uncertain of you, how can they re- be receptive? Yeah. Right? Language. What was mm-hmm. it Lindsay said to us? Language is, is the, the gateway to respect. To trust. Or to yeah. trust. Yeah. Language is the gateway to trust. I really believe that's true. I, I've so never good. put it that way. And I'm like, I'm going to steal that. I know, that's steal a great that quote. One. But it's Daniel and it's Daniel in Babylon. Like he had to learn the language. He had to learn, mm-hmm. you know, the history. He, he, he had to, he had to learn the literature. Mm-hmm. Like he had to actually respect and understand their culture. So good. And I think that's, I think we're often afraid that the culture is a cesspool. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to wrap us up to yeah, us. Uh huh. Some of the culture is a cesspool. We have to mm-hmm. stay out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, like Daniel won't eat the king's food. Right. Whatever, whatever that was, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like a big deal to me, but he had a conviction. He yeah. shouldn't do that. But I think it's important that we, that we do give people the respect of, I understand your culture. Mm-hmm. I can move inside your culture without offending culture. Mm-hmm. Unless Holy Spirit tells me to offend your culture, then I'm doing it on per- like with purpose yep not on purpose with purpose i'm offending yeah. your culture yeah and and th- those are few and far between but i have those stories too mm-hmm. where holy spirit's like do this and i'm like well that'd be so offensive to this culture <laughs> but you know you know when you're doing when you're offending culture with purpose yep then you're not walking away regretting it right filled with shame yeah yeah, yeah. so good Man, I'm so glad we got to hear a piece of your story today. And if you want to hear more of Chris's story and learn more about how to step fully into your prophetic calling and advance your prophetic gifting, we have School of the Prophets coming up, right? Yeah, we've been doing this for almost 20 years. Dan and I started, Dan McCallum and I, he's just a fantastic man. He's incredible. He's brilliant. Brilliant. And he has character, impeccable character. Mm -hmm. And he's such a close friend of mine. Yeah. But yeah, we've been doing this for 20 years. We're doing it again, August 7th through the 11th. The 11th. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's intense. So if you come, like, be ready to be changed. Yeah. Come with the, you know, my. I've been doing this for 20 years. Yeah, don't come with that. You know, yeah. come with, no matter how old you are, how long you've been doing it, there's mm-hmm. always more to learn. Yep. And we're learning every day. And God's it, doing a new thing. God's doing a new thing, too. Yeah, powerful. So please come. We're gonna. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be so good. You guys can register at Bethel.com slash events, or we'll have that link in our show notes as well. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me and letting me interview you. So fun. Love you too. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. To stay connected, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter at chrisvalentin.com forward slash subscribe. 
God bless you.